Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Laura Curran joining us live. It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran on 77 WABC. If you want to take us on the go, download the WABC Radio app or listen to us on WABCRadio.com. I am your host, Laura Curran. Okay, so Cranes New York calls it New York's stupidest law. The New York Daily News says the scaffold law drives up the cost of construction. And the Post, New York Post, says it's long past time to for New York to do what 49 other states have done, and that is scrap the scaffold law. So what is the scaffold law? It was enacted in 1885 to pr- protect construction workers, so it has a great intent. Uh, but what's the problem? I'm talking now to Tom Stebbins from the Lawsuit Reform Alliance of New York. He has been published in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, The Economist. He's been on Fox and NPR talking about this issue. Tom, welcome to Cut to the Chase. Great to be with you, Laura. So New York is the only state to have this scaffold law. What is it exactly? So what the scaffold law says is that if there is a gravity-related injury on a work site, it is the fault of the contractor and the property owner under almost any circumstances. So if the employee is intoxicated, if the employee violates safety standards, doesn't tie off, doesn't put it, none of that matters. So unlike any other part of our civil justice system, whether in New York or in any other state or country, go to court and really plead your case and apportion fault. Hmm. Law in New York essentially says the fault is automatic, and that's above and beyond workers' compensation. So workers collect workers' compensation, and when workers' comp was put into place, most States got rid of their versions of the scaffold law, and they said, all right, everybody's going to get paid on workers' comp. But New York kept it around. Hmm. And then fast forward many, many years, attorneys really realized, oh, my gosh, this is a goldmine. We can sue everybody for negligence all the time, even if there isn't negligence. And so that's why if you're ever you know, watching TV in the daytime, you're going to see a lot of ads for personal injury lawyers about worksite accidents and see people in hard hats because they can't lose. That's the way the law is designed in New York. You know, it's interesting. As I was preparing to speak with you, of course, I did a Google search. And uh, when you put in scaffold law, I got a lot of personal injury attorneys' websites come up. Your Google will never be the same. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Lord. What am I in for? So obviously we want to protect workers, uh, but it sounds like what you are concerned about is this absolute liability standard, whereas if the worker was drunk or refused to wear the personal protective safety equipment or whatever it is, it will still be the boss's fault. And that's why this law does not actually make people more safe. The additional liability and removing any sort of responsibility for safety from the worker actually makes people less safe. And intoxicated workers or workers on drugs, 
exactly highlights why that is. An intoxicated worker is a less safe worker, not just for himself or herself, but those other workers around them. And so data actually shows that when Illinois, for example, got rid of this law, their injury rate and their fatality rate went down. Hmm. So it seemed to actually improve safety. And that's because, as we talked about, you know, people, if they're intoxicated, they're less safe. And then there's also just abuse. The call we get most often in our office is a small business owner who has somebody first day on the job. They get injured. Nobody saw it. It's a, it's a soft tissue injury. So, you, you know, there's nothing provable or broken. And they want you know, $500,000 or a million dollars. And because the way law is structured, there's a lot of that abuse that's happening in New York. And what that does is drive up the costs for everything construction related, whether that's infrastructure and the train that you take every day, or if you're driving around, the bridges and tunnels that you drive through. All of those things are more expensive in New York because of the way we do liability under the scaffold law. I'm Laura Kern. I'm speaking with Tom Stebbins from the Lawsuit Reform Alliance. And we're talking about how the scaffold law makes living and building in New York really more expensive than anywhere in the country. So you talk about bridges, tunnels, uh, I think of schools. You know, there's a lot of money. How much money, you know, how, how does this translate to the average person? who, you know, what if I pay my school taxes or I'm paying my bridge and tunnel taxes or whatever they are, does this affect my tax bill? Absolutely. I mean, nobody commissions more construction than our government and our government entities. So the school construction authority is a great example. The school construction authority looked to get a new insurance policy and it was going to cost over $200 million for the school construction authorities policy. And yet they talked to their colleagues in New Jersey, and it was a fraction of that. And they said jokingly that they could bust all the kids from New York to New Jersey and still save money, given how much it was costing them. So whether it's schools, whether it's bridges, the estimate on the Tappan Zee Bridge was an additional $200 million. The estimate on the Hudson Gateway project was a north of $180 million. This is real money that could be spent on far better things than liability. And in case you're wondering, is this in fact the law? Well, ban a border, so a New York to New Jersey project, the liability costs, the lawsuit costs on the New York side of that same bridge Hmm. are double what they are on the New Jersey side. And that is precisely because of the scaffold law, which is critically does not necessarily have to do with scaffolds. I don't know how it got that name, uh, but it's simply just for construction liability. You know, it's funny because it's it's gravity related injuries. Well, everything, everything we do is gravity related. (laughs) So yeah, and a contractor joked to me, said, so if it happens on Earth, it's my fault. And (laughs) that's about right. That's about right. Unless it's basically fire, um, then then, yeah, it's it's going to be a scaffold law claim. Actually, there was recently a case where somebody was shocked, and typically electrocution or anything like that is not scaffold law, but then they fell. And so they sued, of course, for the fall, not for the shock, because under the fall, they could collect no matter what, whereas the shock was clearly their fault. And so hmm. because they forgot to turn off the wire. And so they were able to essentially collect for the fall, which is 
never going to be their fault, even though the shock that caused the fall was their fault. If that makes any sense. It, it makes it make. Yes, I can. Unfortunately, I can see it. Uh, <laughs> good, good. I'm talking to Tom Stebbins of the Lawsuit Reform Alliance. I'm Laura Curran on Cut to the Chase. We're talking about the scaffold law. Now, it's interesting what you say about New Jersey, because we all know that the Northeast is a very expensive place. You know, the equipment's more expensive, the labor is more expensive, but you're talking New York and New Jersey. We're right next to each other. And yet there is such a stark difference in the cost of construction because of this one law. Yeah. So, and it's a competitive disadvantage. And we see people, mm-hmm. businesses, small businesses that have businesses on the borders, and they're losing business to the people on the other side of the border who are not paying the insurance and oftentimes crossing the border without telling their insurer. So that they can take that business at a far less cost and do the project and take them away from New York businesses. So, Tom, this is, I, you know, I got involved in politics 10 years ago. This was an issue back then and nothing's changed. How do you move the needle on this? Yeah, I think it's so important for everyone to understand how this affects them. Regardless of your policies, right, if, if you're more Republican, you're worried about taxes, well, this is a drive on taxes. If you're worried about affordable housing, this is limiting our ability to make affordable housing. If you're worried about transportation, school construction, anything that requires building, well, that is something that the scaffold law dramatically impacts and dramatically adds to the cost. So I am hoping so that more and more people really learn. What are, your, what are the headwinds? Who's the opposition here? Well, it's those same personal injury lawyers that you see advertising all the time. Mm. Governor Cuomo once called them the most powerful political force in Albany. And that's Mm. because they give massive amounts to state government to keep this in place. And they get these multi-million dollar payouts that you read about that you that they often are touting in their ads. And then they take a portion of that and they're sure to drive that back into the pockets of the Albany politicians to keep this in place. Where is Critically late- to, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I think you and I were going the same place. Critically, too, the unions yes. have been opposed to reform. And it's unfortunate that they are because, again, the data shows that this makes things less safe. It also makes things more expensive. And by making it more expensive, it's driving contractors to non-union labor. And so if the unions really want to make sure that they're getting those jobs, anything that they can do to reduce the cost of those jobs is something that they should really support. And fixing the scaffold law would absolutely reduce the cost of those jobs and hopefully get more people to use union labor. So we hope that the unions will come around. Unfortunately, they've been opposed to this for so long that I think it's hard for them to to shift gears. And the trial lawyers are constantly giving them money. If you go to any union event, you know, the clam bake is sponsored. The top five platinum sponsors are all personal injury lawyers because they know that that support is so important. And so they pay for it in those kinds of sponsorships. Interesting. You know, I've got a lot of friends in uh, the building trade, so I will absolutely be speaking with them about this. And, you know, I think what would be most persuasive is the fact that this actually keeps workers safer than uh, than what's what's in place now. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, And the data really shows that. And of course, they don't ever want to have any sort of liability on them. But 
if you, you know, one, one of my, I used to work in construction. I used to develop wind farms. And a union mm. person once told me I spend 95% of my time protecting 5% of my guys, yeah. right? And I think any union leader that. would tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And so why are we putting together policies where the guy that shows up drunk at work or high on the job is protected if he causes an injury? That's just not good policy. And I know that they... Their mission is to protect that 5%. But at a certain point, if somebody is, is intoxicated on the job, you know, that's the kind of thing that we have to crack down on. And it's not helping anybody. and It's costing everybody. You know, interesting that you worked on the wind farms because that's actually a huge growth industry right now and great for the building trades. So that, yeah, there's and an interesting part of the reason I there. got involved in this. I was building wind farms in Pennsylvania and New York, and my New York Project Insurance was like five times more than my Pennsylvania project. And I said, what's going on here? And they said, well, it's this thing called the scaffold law. I said, hold on. We're not using any scaffolds on a wind farm construction site, right? It's all bulldozers and cranes. That's pretty much it. And they said, no, it just imposes liability and it adds all these costs. And I said, you know what? Okay, I am about to send a $200 million renewable energy project to Pennsylvania and not New York because of this law. I need to go to Albany. I need to tell people, and we need to fix this. Like with that everything else, like with everything else, follow the money. It's uh, the way you're right. the way you're telling it. It's the personal injury firms giving money to the campaigns for state legislators, and that's why this thing is still here, driving up the cost, making it more expensive, and driving away the projects and the jobs. Tom Stebbins, Absolutely. I want I want to thank you so much for joining me on Cut to the Chase. Laura, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uh, next on Cut to the Chase, I will speak with Alicia, Elisa Maldonado about Christopher Hitchens. This was the land that he worked by hand. It was the dream of an upright man. There was a room that was filled with love. It was a love that I was proud of. This is the life of the life that he planned. On the love, the same old love in the house that Jack did. The house that Jack Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran on 77 WABC. Cut to the Chase.